Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon. This is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to the Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 42 best podcasts for every sales professional in 2021. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn as one of 15 innovative sales influencers to follow in 2021. In today's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast, my guest talks about the Win Room coaching program. And as an organizational psychologist, how with all of her sales experience, she came up with the need to go very foundational, to talk about thinking about how you're thinking. For salespeople, you can't sell unless you're able to sell yourself first. And really understanding what's important to you and who you are helps you to have those challenging conversations to be really comfortable with yourself. So we're going to get into this in our discussion. My next guest is a master degree in industrial organizational psychology, combined with 20 years sales leadership roles, starting at Gartner, Microsoft, Salome, and various high high growth startups. Her proven coaching techniques uh, are a secret weapon in in first coaching. She trains leaders and teams on how to win at work and in life. So welcome to Scale Yourselves podcast, Jamie Diglia. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. It's great. We're both women sales pros, so we're we're often bumping into each other, especially virtually online, me in the UK, you in uh, the US. So it's lovely to have you as a guest on Scale Yourselves podcast. I'm really interested to understand more about uh, the support you give leaders and their teams of high growth organizations. And particularly, you talk about the future of work strategies to drive sales. So tell me more all about that. So, um, yes, so primarily the work that I, a lot of the work that I do is working with leaders, new leaders, teams, typically teams and leaders that are in transition. So if it's a new team, new product, new situation, new year, um, how do you, how do you think about the thinking of your sellers in a way that gets them motivated and bought into that new, like next vision? So a lot I always say is that that the 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 sales conversation that nobody talks about but everybody needs to focus on is the first and most important one. It's the conversation in our heads and getting sold on ourselves. And so with you know in any sort of any sales um, in any sales job, right? There's lots of self doubt and uncertainty and sort of how do you how do you you know keep bringing yourself back. So currently I'm working with leaders and helping them understand how to motivate and move their people forward. I love it when you say um, you help people think about their thinking. I think that's such a lovely phrase. 
Well, my background is, um, you know, I, I was a sales leader for a long time um, at some pretty well-known companies, uh, but my background's in organizational psychology. So I'm always have been fascinated for, you know, the last 20, 20 years or so, like understanding why people do what they do and how, how they think, how do they push past adversity right when somebody goes through a challenge what is what makes the difference between somebody you know sitting in you know their sorrow right and, and sort of feeling sorry for themselves or getting back up and moving forward so it's all about how do you think about how you're thinking about yourself your situation so the power of the reframe is the big area where I focus with my clients and the leaders that I work with and and I this is why I really want to um, delve into this because salespeople need to be resilient. They need to be able to get up. There's talk about you know being able to handle rejection and all of that. And uh, and it's also it's a very personable role, isn't it? You you put your personality into into it. So. From you know your specialist areas and organizational psychologists and helping people to really understand what they think about themselves and how that projects and then also how that has a an impact on what they are able to deliver. So talk to me more about that link. Well, I mean it's all about your inner game. Like what are you how how confident are you in how you're showing up? And so one of the, the gaps and the reason why I do what I do today is because I used to see back when I was leading teams is that there was this sort of motion to just make everybody the same and, you know, sort of training them to say the things and do that, you know, do it all the same way. And what happens with that, we get watered down. Each of us are individuals. Each, each salesperson is an individual who has unique strengths that brings those to the table. But if those get watered down, we don't show up as ourselves. And what happens is then you show up as a salesperson with a facade and that you can read that in a second. Mm -hmm. So what we're doing, what I'm doing, you know, what I do with people is really how do you bring out and help that seller or that leader see their unique strengths and how they, how they are seen by others so they can own it. Once they own it and how do they even talk about, right? Like, those people are terrible at talk. They can sell, but they're terrible about selling themselves. And so helping them to see, like reframe and see back how others see them and then have a strong narrative about why you do what you do. Once you can do that, then the seller, when they're working with a customer, whoever, um, they're, they're more authentically as themselves, right? So how do you take each seller on a team of 10, for example, each of those sellers are going to be trained a certain methodology in selling, but how they do it, right? There's going to be uniqueness in like what their background is, their previous skill set. How do you bring that flavor forward and how all 10 of those people see that they actually bring something different to the table and feel confident in how they, you know, how they exhibit that in the conversations um, with, with clients. So is this what you do in the win room coaching program? You get a group of people and then individually work out what is their, you know, real core strength. Tell me more about that. Yes, it's um, it's sort of if you were to think about traditional training, it's like flipping it on side of their up, up, upside down. 
So it's reverse. So instead of most training is typically like a push training, like we're going to push, we're going to teach you this new thing. We're going to, you know, get you skilled on X, Y, Z. Now we do stuff, but the majority of it is with the reverse. I'm pulling out of them. What do you value? How do you define leadership? What do you think are your strengths? Who do you admire? You know, what, you know, what, what do you want in your career? What try to find meaning and purpose? Because so many people will come up to you um, and, and sellers will come up and be like, well, I'm just not progressing in my career the way that I, I want to, or I'm just not doing enough meaningful work. And every time, every time I'll say, well, okay, thanks for sharing. So tell me what would meaningful work look like? What would progression in your career look like? What do you want? And you know what they say to me? I don't know. <laughs> They never know. And so in the program that I run, uh, it's helping them to get clear on what they want, what they value, about who they are as an individual, and why this is so helpful for the leaders is because every you know seller wants to perform. They want to win. They want to accelerate their, but it, it's too heavy of a load on all of the leaders to be able to sort of create a career path for each seller. Right. There's not I always say to sellers, it's like there's not like some like career fairy that comes in and says, oh, you know, here you go. Here's the path to success. <laughs> it doesn't exist. So with this program, it helps the seller to sort of, to sort of get really clear on what they want next, what they're good at now, why they want to do it so that they can at least meet their leader half, you know, halfway. And this is what I actually want. Because a, a leader could, you know, spend all day saying, well, this is what I think is good for you next, but they don't really know, right? It's a joint effort. So this is where it takes the load off of all the work that we do in, in that, um, in the program too. It like then gives that seller the clarity to write in their, you know, in their annual, you know, what, what they um, are looking to do next, what they want, uh, what they feel like their strengths are. So it becomes a real exercise in sort of owning your, your own career path. So I mean, how does an organizational psychologist end up in sales and sales leadership? How did that journey happen? Um, well, I just had a fundamental, well, so I'll, I'll tell you. So my first job out of school, my background was in marketing. Back then, um, there weren't a lot of like, you couldn't, you couldn't major in sales, or at least where I went to school, you couldn't major in sales. And um, I, my first job was in marketing, marketing, and I did some stuff in TV. And right after 9-11, I lost my job. I worked in the city. And so I lost my job. And I was like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? I was like, this is, this is like, this is terrible. But, you know, again, in hindsight, right, it was, we had a lot of other things going on. So I was super, I super scared about what was next, but I was super grateful because, you know, like we'd just gone through an event and, you know, I'm alive. And um, so I, at that point, I actually, there were no jobs back then. And I, I said to myself, you know, I became really fascinated in like talking with people. I started bartending and waitressing to pay bills. Right. And so what happened was I was talking with people all day long. And I would be talking with them about their challenges and, and I just having conversations with people. And I became really, really fascinated with what made people stay stuck in their stories, right? And like, and held back 
And what motivated people forward? This just became like an obsession for me. And so with that, I said, you know, how can I study this more? And so I went back to school and got a master's in organizational psychology because I was just fascinated by it. And then fast forward um, through that, like I got a job at Gartner and then I, I was really interested and in, in noticed that I, in a marketing role, I noticed that I was just loved talking to customers all the time. I was like, how can I do more of that? And so I actually took a step back in my, you know, sort of to start in a very junior level sales role and the rest is history. <laughs> wow. That's, and, and you still love talking to people. <laughs> all day long. That's my favorite. That's what I could do. I could do that all day long. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in terms of the self-doubt and, you know, the negative self-talk and creating kind of um, invisible boundaries, mm -hmm. tell me more about how salespeople and sales leaders can can really um, create that resilience. And you, the word you use was reframe. Tell me more about how you kind of reframe all of that, because I think that's something we can all learn from when we're, you know, in our kind of negative self-talk zone. Yeah. Uh, well, a lot of this sort of, I think, would stem back to I, well, how I describe it as like traditional leadership and modern leadership. So traditional leadership ways were like, you didn't do a good job. So like, let's just bury you, right? Meaning like, meaning like you didn't do well, like you, you have to do better um, and just, you know, you're like on the outskirts, like you're, 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 you're dead to me. Um, and sort of that sort of hammer, you know, like put you, you know, on, in the grinder, that sort of traditional. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I always struggled when, as, as a seller was like anytime that my boss would put extra, I always, as a good seller, anybody who's a good seller anyway, puts so much pressure on themselves. Right. And so what happens is that when you have a boss that just comes in and just like puts like the additional pressure, it doesn't do any good. Mm -hmm. It actually makes you less effective because then they have you doing all these other things that don't even make any sense to sort of, you know, show your numbers and prove it or whatever. Um, so what where I found is that, you know, how do you how do you then as a leader, the more modern way of leading right? It's understanding what's holding person back, meaning creating a, creating a space to saying, hey, you know what? It's normal when we screw up. This is totally normal. It's happened to all of us. So like for a leader to be able to share, hey, I remember when that happened to me, <laughs> right? And using an example of that. So one of the most powerful things that I, um, and I teach this to leaders is to um, normalize situations, Every situation that's happening on your team or with your with the, the people on your team or with a client, these are things that have happened before, majority, right? But by by making that person feel isolated, like they're the only person that is like screwing up, it doesn't do any good. So creating ways for people and spaces for your sellers to be able to share what their challenges are and their wins. The counterintuitive part of this is that we're sort of have been always been taught to like not talk about any of the negative stuff. Right. Yeah. And the reality is when we don't talk about the negative, nobody knows it's happening to other people. So it actually lowers performance. Yeah. But when you create a space for people to sort of talk and feel like they're less alone, 
uh, which is what we do, you know, I, I teach in the program, is that it normalizes that they go, all right, you know what, this is normal. Snap out of it, get over here, get focused on what you want next. Right, so that like, that sitting in the self-doubt, um, it's less when you can vocalize it. If you're familiar with Brene Brown at all, she talks a lot about shame. And so I, I use a lot of her work and like Adam Grant's work in my work, uh, but shame. So when you are feeling shame for something or screwing up about something or if you, how you should have known it, but you don't say anything about it, it sits with you, it weighs you down. And so being able to, the minute you can share it, the minute you speak it, it goes away. To creating more environments where people feel safe to speak up. We talk about like creating psychological safety in work environments. I, I don't know, maybe you've got more of a perspective on this in the sales environment is quite a hard thrust in, in environment. Traditionally, it has been. And I wonder if there is more mental health issues that is not out in the open and exposed. I wonder because you're traditionally not allowed to talk about um, feeling vulnerable or the shame and you know the that uh, you know talking about your 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 losses and taking it really heavy it's all about you know the positive environment and pumping people up and and all of that and uh, I wonder if there is it's more prevalent in in not only sales but this type of industry I don't know if you've got a view on this I mean, I think, yes, I think obviously it's a high pressure. I mean, you have to have, have a certain personality to want to, you know, thrive in, in this type of environment. But I also think that there is an opportunity to like reset how we think about what sales is. There's such a stigma around sales. And I always like with so many women that I know that are, that um, they would be really good salespeople. And actually I have this, like, I'm very proud of, I have, a track record of finding women who I'm like, you'd be really good in sales. I need you to figure out, like, let's figure out and get you a role in sales. All of them are successful, but it's because there's this stigma around, and, and I shouldn't say stigma because in many organizations, it is true. The way that sort of old school selling, you know, nobody, nobody likes it. And the majority of, you know, you could say male, female, um, but I would say the majority of the, the younger ma males, that are coming in the environment, coming into sales, they don't want it either, mm. right? Um, but I would say, yeah, I mean, from a mental, look, we're in a mental health crisis anyway. So regardless of what role or position you're in, um, the resources uh, that people, like learning how to build their own resilience, like I talk about this in my, my um, TED talk uh, and uh, about like the markets to go around. We have to learn how to build our own inner resilience, right? And part of that, though, is also building a team of people around you that you can actually talk with because we're sort of taught to like, in, especially in sales, you know, it's like very isolated. Now, there are more and more organizations that are doing more team-based selling. So it's like you're paired up with people. So you're in it together and not completely one throat to choke. But, I you know, I think in general, mental health is a huge issue across the board, regardless of what industry. It's just, I think, with sales is that we, there's so many practices, sales practices, um, traditional traditional ways of leading that are so old school 
that are like so dusty <laughs> that need like to be have a complete you know refresh reframe yeah yeah that's interesting that's interesting okay so we've mentioned this uh before in fact now i'm going to ask you an, uh, another question about your tested strategy that you would offer uh listeners you were talking about networking mm -hmm. well it, strategy so one of the things that most one of the mistakes that most sellers make is that and sales leaders too is that once they get into their organization they sort of isolate and they're just in that bubble and your power of how you are building your network all the time right who are you connected to how are you showing up you know what is your reputation is so critical like how you're how you're being seen it's a small world out there especially as you get further into your career and like what do people have to say about you so continuing to constantly practice and like connect with people, not because you're trying to sell them, right? To not think of it, everybody always thinks of this as like the one-to-one. -one. So you're reaching out to Charlie because you're trying to pitch Charlie. You're not trying to pitch Charlie, right? What you're trying to do is to educate Charlie, find out what the problem Charlie has. Maybe that's a problem. Maybe he doesn't, you know, need salt that solved. But if you if you land a good conversation, if you listen for their listening, is what I say, listen for their listening, they then, Charlie's gonna then hear what you had to say. And the next time Charlie's talking with one of you know his other people in his network, he'd be like, Oh, you should talk to Jamie. Or you should talk to Janice. So instead of it thinking it one-to-one, -one, thinking of it like your network, it's you're not just building a network with the person you're talking to, but by, you know, treating them well and not being salesy, uh, which means like forceful um, and just being about the sale, uh, that you're then expanding your network into that person's, that person's network. So everybody let, I mean, all my business is through referral, right? And it's, it's because you're talking with people about what you do. They might not have the problem at this time, but they're talking to other people. I think it's interesting um, what you said before, you know, when we're talking about um, resilience uh, and reframing where you are and your negative. The, the, if you have a broad network and you're constantly reaching out to people, as you say, not to sell, but to have a conversation, then that's actually allows you to think a lot more out of your own box. You know, you're not so focused about um, winners and losers it's more about the kind of the gray area of kind of conversations and and new surprises and things come up when you don't have an ulterior motive you're not leading it anywhere you're just generally listening for the what, what is it listen for the listening you know you're yeah. generally out there act i call it actively listening um mm -hmm. to see where it takes you to discover and be curious mm -hmm. it kind of takes you out of the negative thought because you you're so focused on the other person and listening for the listening um then i would imagine that's a healthy place to be anyway absolutely well and also going back to what i was saying about you know the i always talk about what i teach people is the is not the fancy it's foundational i teach you teach people all the things that are so foundational that 
all the things that you need to know, but nobody's going to tell you the fundamentals, right? So if you're going to go and talk to Charlie about whatever and ha and be curious, I've got my mug, my be curious <laughs> mug, right? Um, and if you haven't done that work to figure out, like, what do you care about? What are you passionate about? What are you interested in? What do you want next? How are you going to have a good conversation? You can't get out of your box, your bubble, because you haven't done that work. Like you don't even know who you are. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I'm so passionate about this. Cause this is like this, I created this program because I hit that burnout of losing myself and why it's so important to continue to find people around you, you know, and have conversations um, just so they can see you as a real human. Um, and that, to your point about listening for listening, um, one of the things uh, I share with people is that there's always three sales conversations happening all the time. And the first conversation is the one in your head, right? So I'm thinking about what I'm going to say to you right now. That's the first conversation. The second conversation are the words that I'm actually saying to you. So what I think I'm saying versus what I'm saying are different. So those are two different conversations. But the third and most important is what you're hearing. Because you're hearing from your own background. You're hearing from your own, right? Like, so I'm listening. I, I mean, you're hearing from based off of what are your concerns? What are the things that you, you know, what's your experience? You're like, all right, who's this person, Jamie? Maybe she reminds me of somebody from before. Like, you're going to come for, you know, you're going to come forward with all this other, you're going to hear what you want to hear. And that's like so important and foundational for salespeople to understand. Um. And so understanding who you're talking to and how do you land a message that they're actually going to hear? Yeah, love that, love that. So who is your hero or shero? Well, I have two. Um, I always say, and for the same reasons, these are people I admire, my mom um, and Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. And so both of them are ambitious women. My mom started her own business when I was young. Um, bold and just sort of, you know, created, created a whole new market with Brene. Uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I have a, a girl crush on her because I just appreciate that she, you know, she says it how it is. She keeps it real. I always talk about like, how can you just keep it real with people um, and authentic? And she is not afraid to say the things that are uncomfortable and sit in uncomfortable situations and I, you know, I love that about her. So every time I, you know, when, when I start to feel uncomfortable, I think, what would Brene do, right? <laughs> love that. Love that. So how can listeners get hold of you, Jamie? Um, you could LinkedIn. In. LinkedIn is probably the best, the best place to get in touch with me. Um, yeah. And say hello. All right. Brilliant. Thank you so much for being a guest on Scale Yourselves podcast, Jamie. Lovely talking to you. Thank you so much, Janice. It was wonderful to see you today. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Yourselves podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the captioned show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.